and welcome back to the Grief Dialogues podcast, affectionately called Grief Burst. This is Elizabeth Copeland, author, playwright, and founder of Grief Dialogues. And we've been on a bit of a hiatus the last month or so because we've been traveling the UK and working with St. Rocco's Hospice in Chester, England, which was such an honor and privilege to work with them. But today we're back in Seattle, and today we're talking with Elliot Rose, who is the author, writer, and voice actor for Work of Love. Welcome, Elliot. Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. I'm just thrilled, as as you know, Elliot, and our readers know that, uh, our listeners rather, that we focus on the motto, out of grief comes art. And when I first saw your website slash audio drama, I thought, wow, this is really the epitome of art. This is audio art. And I definitely wanted to, to hear more about the project. So could you tell us a little bit about Works of Love and how it all got started? Oh, sure. Uh, Works of Love is an audio drama about a recent widower named uh, Julian Silver as he is trying to deal with the loss of his, the recent loss of his wife. Uh, in order to reconnect to her, he uh, takes up her old radio show uh, called The Eponymous Works of Love, where every week he reads an essay about love to try to reconnect to that feeling and try to figure out um, why we love if the cost is grief. Um, and so I got started on that project because, you know, it came out of grief myself. Um, I, had, I, had lost a, uh, I had lost two friends over less than six months, both to uh, suicide. Um, and that was a, I think it's an interesting thing when you lose people who are older than you, like the generation above you, right? Where you're like, okay, that hurts, but you know, I can kind of, you know, people get older, so on and so forth. But then like when you get hit with your generation, you're like, oh, this feels very different. This feels very strange, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> it like t- it like kind of pulls you out of your, well, we're gonna be young forever, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been, I was, I've been like kind of try, just trying to do something with that sense of loss that I've had for you know uh, now four years, and so I just wanted to, I wanted to put it into something that something that I could, I knew how to do, which is writing, right, mm-hmm. writing mm-hmm. and a bit of audio. So that's how uh, Works of Love got started. Mm-hmm. Oh, great, great. And you say writing. What is some of your past experiences with writing? Oh, uh, I've been very fortunate to get a couple of short stories placed. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a literary agent for a while, uh, but she wanted my book and by a certain month, and I'm still not finished with it. So <laughs> Yes. Oh, I not only know that feeling, uh, but there are actually several authors that are involved with Greek dialogues who are on, in the same boat you are. So <laughs> I completely understand kind of life happens. Yeah. So, um, so can you talk um, a little bit what led, I know you talked about your friends and so, but, but why audio drama? Um, well, hmm. I think about something that Ira Glass said a very long time ago, because uh, I'm, hu- I'm a huge fan of NPR. Uh, I've been told for a lot of my life that I have like an NPR-adjacent voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, that, um, he said that radio was uniquely su- suited to be intimate, right? Because you are directly in the person's ear. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like writing, which writing is important, and I love writing. It's my first love, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it has that 
it, you have to decode the letters on the page first to understand it, right? And I think it leads to like a greater source of empathy. But with this project, I felt like I wanted to be very intimate mm -hmm. with the uh, with the audience, and that's why like I have a mic and I talk very quietly into you know. So it's almost like I'm talking into your ear, right? I, I right. feel that sense of closeness. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of. Uh, the television show Frasier. Oh! The way he talks into it very softly as a therapist, talks into it, and I really, whether you liked the show or you didn't, but when uh, when he would say hi, I'm a doctor, uh, I just, it just was very calming, and so I really appreciate that about yours as well. I love uh, Frasier. Uh, <laughs> yes. Such a great. That is a great show. That is a great, wonderful acting. So, as you know, Grief Dialogue's motto is out of grief comes art big supporter of that, and Works of Love definitely falls in that category. Would you define your mission, work, purpose in the context of art? Yeah, I, 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 I most certainly would. Uh, I think of something that Alan Moore wrote a very long time ago, well, I guess in the 80s, that isn't too long. I was born in the 80s, so mm. it can't be that long ago. Um, but he wrote that artists use lies to tell the truth. Ooh. Um, and so I think that's, I think that's what the goal of this is, and like, and the grief dialogues themselves. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're all trying to do. Absolutely. Oh, I'm I'm writing this down because I really like that quote. Thank you. So, what's a common myth about grief, and how can you debunk it? So I feel like a common myth about it is that um, a I think I think a common myth is that. People want you to get over it more quickly. Right? Oh, yes. Um, and I would just say that even the, and I think the reason why people want you to like get over it, like have a preset amount of time, like, oh, you're still bummed out about that. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah, it's a big thing to me, right? Is that I think like people just, when you were grieving, people don't like pain, right? We try to dodge it. Mm -hmm. And so when someone's grieving, they are openly in pain. And there is nothing that the bystander can do to like really alleviate it. Like mm -hmm. you can't be like, well, let's go play some basketball and you feel better. It's like, well, I'll be distracted, but like I'm still gonna feel sad. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and like for those people that say like oh, you should have a certain amount of time or you should get over it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like how many people have had like a childhood pet that they still think about and still mourn, right? Mm -hmm. And that was mm -hmm. you know years ago. Mm -hmm. Like I have a dog that I still get sad about. You know, Fluffy. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, and so like. I think everyone has that sort of experience where, like, there's something that happened when you were m many years ago that you were still somewhat sad about, or, and like, mm -hmm. it's not like a consistent sadness, but it's like a wave of sadness that all of a sudden hits you. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. it can be totally unexpected. Right. Know? And oftentimes it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That that um, concept, metaphor, analogy, whatever you want to call it, about a wave. I find that to be just spot on because I can be going about my daily tasks, but something minute might tr trigger a memory of my father or my mother or my cousin or any number of losses that I've had and there is literally like a wave washes over me a wave of sadness and I don't necessarily break down in tears but I definitely feel that kind of overpowering sense of grief and I, so I love that word wave um, so in this story, Works of Love, you're talking about the it centers around a man who's lost his wife, mm -hmm. and uh, I realize this your your 
audio drama is meant for all forms of grief, all situations of grief. But is there anything that you've learned from doing this works of love that would be maybe a little bit of advice to someone who's recently lost their spouse? I think, like I, I, I would, I would um, refer to I. I've been fortunate enough that I haven't lost a spouse, but I, my friend, I got to watch his wife deal with his loss, mm-hmm. right? And she has been enormously brave and enormously strong. And I mean that in two separate ways. Like she's been strong in that she's been able to face it. Mm-hmm. And she's also been strong to allow herself to be vulnerable in front of people, right? So mm-hmm. I would say that, I think it's one of the things that, because I have a, I have a, history or I have a yeah I guess I have a history of working in the can in the oncology field um, you know I still work as a I, I still I'm still adjacent to the oncology field and so mm-hmm. one of the things that the survivors would say is that there's like there's this like push for you to like be a happy survivor right like well I beat cancer and yay it's like well I still mm-hmm. had a brush with mortality right right and so I think with my friend's wife I think one of the most courageous things that she's done is that she has been bravely human. Ooh. Oh, good one. Yes. And I think that is enormously that would be what that would be that would be what I would take away from her mm-hmm. is that it is okay if you have good friends and I'm sure that a lot of people do mm-hmm. like they will be there for you when you need them mm-hmm. when you are mm-hmm. showing all your cards. Mm-hmm. Like show your cards. People are kinder then I think we sometimes think, or we get in our head that we're a burden. It's like, well, right. you're not a burden. People want to be there to, a lot of the time people want to be there to just be there. Right, right. And I have found from personal experience that when people say, what can I do to help? They really do mean it. And the fact that putting the burden on you to come up with something for them is another matter. Mm-hmm. But um, just just recognizing that they really are there. Um, and easily can say I can't think of anything at the moment but keep in your heart that they were sincere in their offer so I, I appreciate that um, so are there any resources that have really helped you in your journey and in particular because grief dialogues is, is kind of we're going to start delving into more of the effects of suicide but are there, are there any resources that have helped you that you would share Oh, yes. Um, I have two, actually, that have really been a bomb to me. Um, I would say first off is Mr. Rogers. Um, oh, really? Tell me. Yes. Uh, a, I think, like, Mr. Rogers is just, like, still a safe space for you to be, especially, like, you know, if you were familiar with the man when, you know, he was still alive. Right. You know, it was just always, like, a place that felt, like, what is it, like a neighborhood. Right. Where you could be safe. Mm-hmm. And he has this one great episode about where he talks directly into camera about, like, grief directly he talks about like losing his pet and mm-hmm. how he felt about it mm-hmm. and just being open about like how sad he was about losing his dog mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so i just think about that like you know just mm-hmm. watching this man you know in some ways was like, i think a saint mm-hmm. just be so open ah, yes helps me kind of unlock that and there's actually you talked about the wave metaphor before mm-hmm. um there's a thing that I read on, um, what was it called? On Reddit about, that I 
took inspiration from, and that's uh, it's called G, as in God Snow, on grief, and I'll, it's very long, but I'll just excerpt a part of it. Okay. Um, he goes on. Da, 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 da. But here's my two cents. I wish I could say you get used to people dying. I never did. I don't want to. It tears a hole through me whenever somebody I love dies, no matter the circumstances. But I don't want it to not matter. I don't want it to be something that just passes. My scars are a testament to the love and the relationship that I had for and with that person. And if the scar is deep, so was the love. So be it. Scars are a testament to life. Mm. Oh, that's brilliant. Really brilliant. Um, and if you don't mind sharing that with me, and I'll put it in uh, our, the transcript so oh, that our so. readers and listeners can, can have it as well. Oh, That'd absolutely. be awesome. That's fantastic. Thank you. So um, many people believe that dealing with grief is overwhelming and too much to handle because they are unable to share their grief with others. Why do you think people believe grief is a taboo topic? I think... I think it comes down again to, right, we have like a very, I think we have a society that's very focused on like, how are you doing? I'm doing great. But like if you, if you, if you talk to them like a little bit deeper, like they'll be able to be like, I'm, I'm horrible. Yes. Right. Like we yes. can't, we, we as an, I can only speak as an American, right. Mm. But like we have this very big push to be like niceties, right. Absolutely. <laughs> and yes. so like grief is by definition ugly and it is big and human and it is hard mm -hmm. and it is just something that we all experience but it's just it is unpleasant um, and it's once again people want to just people want to help but like they also want to fix and it's like uh, yes it's not something that you can fix it's mm -hmm. just something it's just a process right mm -hmm. like uh, I've heard somebody say that Grief is just love that has nowhere to go, right? Ooh, I like that, too. Yes, well said. Yeah, I wish I could take credit for it. I, I'll try to find the citation mm. of that, but I think that's, like, what it is, right? And people mm. just don't know how to kind of deal with that, I right. think, a lot right. of the time. Mm. So they would prefer to not talk about it. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty... <laughs> spot on actually not wanting to talk about when I mentioned earlier they really do want to help but in some ways depending on the situation sometimes the the people are like oh my gosh if this could happen to you and your husband or you know your daughter whatever then it could happen to mine um, that I, I definitely find that in the demographic the younger de demographic that it's scary it's scary because younger people are not supposed to die and when they do it's really disruptive to everything that you understand about the universe so so uh, I appreciate what you had to say about grief there too I just want to uh, bring up the point that your the work that is currently on the site uh, work of love is extremely well done I've listened to each and every episode it's multiple times uh, you have one about Facebook on there as uh, your more, more recent one. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, sure, yeah. Facebook remembers you too. Uh, that was actually inspired directly by my friend whom I lost in 20, uh, 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, and it actually happened uh, when, you know, like in the story, like Facebook just says like, hey, it's, you know, it's Stephen's birthday. Wish him happy birthday. You're like, well, 
Yeah. I, you know, I, I certainly remember, I certainly remember this day. It's very important to me, but, you know, it's like just having that just in your face. Right. You know. Right. Um, and so that story revolves around um, talking about what it's like to have uh, these um, electronic reminders of these sorts of things mm-hmm. and trying to like figure out you know okay so facebook wants me to say happy birthday right right so I, i'm not going to say that because like there is no birthday anymore right. right right and so it's trying to figure out what i'm going to say to you on this day right, right. And something that i wish i had been able to say before uh yes some, before this right so i'm just going to write to you even though i know you won't read it mm-hmm that I love you right. and hope that somehow it reaches. You know? Right. Um, yes. Well, and that particular episode really sparked something for me. I have a very, very close friend in England who lost her husband a couple of years ago. And of course, Facebook pops up with a memory. Mm-hmm. And it's a love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. She, uh, of course, she thinks of him constantly. So it's not like, oh gosh, I wasn't thinking about him and now you've popped this up. But it's a memory and it can be, depending on how you're feeling that day, it could be a happy memory or a sad memory. And uh, I really felt with, for her and with her this we were just traveling together. And I really started to understand the power of social media reminding you and the power could be good power or it could be not good power. And I, that, that episode really resonated with me. And so I, I direct all the readers and listeners to check out that, um, that part of uh, uh, Work of Love. And also that we, this podcast will be airing probably Monday, I want to, what is Monday? Monday, August, um, Monday, August 4th, 5th, 7th. No, it's not the 7th. It's going to air Monday, August 5th, August 5th. But you typically, and you're starting up again, where you will be posting every Wednesday, Mm -hmm. is that correct? So you'll have a new post August 7th. Mm -hmm. And tell us what the title is going to be. That one is called Myself. Myself forgetting. Great. Okay. Thank you so much, Elliot. Um, I can't wait for you to be back here. And we're going to start featuring your episodes and on our website and in our social media. And I really uh, direct everyone who would like to hear a true work of love that's also a work of art to please check out Work of Love and all the information will be on our website. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.